0: Hello, and welcome to Head in the Game. This is the fans' football podcast that, rather than pondering how do you nullify Sheffield United's overlapping centre-halves, asks the important questions. Questions like, who would actually win in a fight between Delia Smith and Karen Brady? Why was David Dunn given shorts three sizes too big for him during his time at Birmingham City? And what the hell ever happened to Dennis Ramadal? This time, we're building our greatest ever uncapped England eleven, and we hope you enjoy it.
1: Should we <laughs> like... Sorry, I'm just choking on my tea. Carry on.
2: <laughs> Should we launch straight into it? Has everyone got, have you guys got everything you need for like the next five hours or however long this is going to take? I think so. I've got an 11. Well, you've be... one better than a, a third of this chat.
0: I've got an 11.
2: No, you haven't. You just said you hadn't.
0: I said, no, I thought of the goalkeeper I wanted. You said, you've got so many minutes and then you two have been talking. And then while I went and made Mark Chocolate, I thought of a goalkeeper. We've got a full
2: side now. Okay, okay. Well, obviously, we said that we were going to discuss the best England eleven to not be capped ever. So how do you want to do this? Should we just go through, should we do keeper, full backs together, centre backs together, wingers together, centre midfielders together?
0: What formations
1: have you gone for? I'm classic four four two. 4 Me too. So. Uh, I've gone four five one. Pretty Villa? It's typical, isn't it? Not in the Mike Bassett mould, is he? Let's be honest.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I just... I don't know whether you guys found this when you were trying to put together the team, but there didn't seem to be many above-average strikers who hadn't been capped for England. I mean, if David Nugent had a cap for England, and a goal for England...
0: I've got four, so I've not it down
1: to two. Yeah. Okay.
2: Well let, let's start with goalkeeper. So so James, who is your goalkeeper in the best England eleven to never be capped?
1: Well I think this is so most of my players are players actually they're all players who are currently playing now. So I didn't go I didn't go historic, I went current. Um but I think this would have been the choice regardless. So I've gone for Dean Henderson at, at well, Sheffield United, Manchester United. Um I think he's a very good goalkeeper and probably should be in the England setup now. Um I think had the coronavirus pandemic not hit, he probably would have been in an England squad before the end of the season was out. So um, he's he's my choice for my goalkeeper.
2: Nice one. I'm going to be very honest with you. I feel like your team is going to put mine and Dan Bowens to shame.
1: Well, it's balance, isn't it?
2: I've gone the opposite way and just named players who are of questionable ability but have never received a cap. So I went for Shaka Hislop. I mean, he's kind of like at the earlier end... Of our Premier League experience, I think watching football kind of late '90s. Um, but I don't know. I always thought he was one of the, he was one of those keepers where obviously goalkeepers weren't very popular, and you know no one really wanted to buy a goalkeeper shirt. But I feel like Shaka Hislop was one of the first people who made goalkeeper shirts popular. Uh, and I did check. He was called up for a friendly by. Glenn Hoddle just before the 98 World Cup against Chile but he never managed to actually get on the pitch. So
1: he is my shout. A good one, very good one.
2: Not quite Dean Henderson.
1: I don't think he's good as Dean Henderson, but I'm not sure he's I'm not sure Henderson's going to come close to as being a sort of iconic Premier League goalkeeper as, as Shaka Hislop. So there you go. You can uh, it's, a, it's a good one. I like it.
2: Nice. Alright, mate, who have you got? Right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: If we ever manage to get a West Ham fan to listen to this podcast, they'll validate what I'm saying. But my shout is Jimmy Walker. What's that? (laughs) Obviously, not for numerous achievements and court-hero status at Walsall, which is profound in itself. But I will be the first to admit that that probably doesn't justify somebody getting into the England set-up. But there was a time when Jimmy Walker was at West Ham, obviously saved the penalty from Frank Lampard, who is a court-hero there. Obviously played a blinding performance in the playoff semi-final. At which point he got injured just before and seriously injured just before West Ham's promotion. If you ask any West Ham fan who one of the most underrated goalkeepers they've ever had is, they'll tell you that Jimmy Walker should have been given the opportunity to play every week in the Premier League and would have been had he not broken his leg. Wacker was... Not only was he a character, as a shot stopper, he's genuinely the best goalkeeper I've seen. For Warsaw and then, let's get some West Ham fans on, they'll back up this. Because around that time, it was kind of he and Rob Green were vying for that sort of third keeper shirt. And then obviously... Rob Green got the nod by virtual playing in the Premier League with Norwich and then Jimmy Walker broke his leg. But I think Walker should have been in the England setup, and had he been given that sort of platform. If he'd been given the opportunity and not had the career, he'd have done something in the Premier League as well. Jimmy Walker was a top keeper and he just shut down in his prime. Okay, oh,
2: interesting. Didn't
1: he also just, just to clarify, so two things. One, we've been recording this podcast for less than 10 minutes and you're already trying to get a Walsall player into a best-ever England eleven that's never been capped. That's the first thing. The second thing is, the player that you went for was, I think, did you say West Ham's third-choice goalkeeper, who spent who spent some of his career with one leg?
0: No, no, no. He was West Ham's <laughs> first-choice goalkeeper. Ah. Leg. They then had to replace him because he broke said
2: leg. I will just say, I already feel like Scott Dan's going to be making an appearance at some point later in this. So... And Malin's laughing, which suggests that he probably is. I feel like I know why Jimmy Walker's probably here as well. Didn't he save a shot with his face in the playoff semi-final? Yeah, in the
0: semi-final. I mean, he's done that. New, the man was five foot eleven. Never got lobbed.
2: Didn't you also pick a goalkeeper for something on the last podcast? Also, only because they'd saved a shot with their face once.
0: I supported the Mark Crossley shout for um, that. Mark Crossley tree. Saved two shots in a game with his face. I think Forrest got beat 8-0, and the reason it was only 8 was because Mark Crossley made a variety of saves with different body parts. I'll have to double-check
2: that one, but
0: I'm fairly certain Mark Crossley had the game to end all games, despite getting battered while he was at Forrest.
2: But well, I felt like we should pick, because I feel like this is a podcast where we can probably spend quite a while in each position. So, just to clarify, who do we think is our, our number one goalkeeping choice out of Shaka Hislop and Dean Henderson? <laughs> <laughs> and Jimmy Walker, obviously. Who are we going to go for? I I think Dean Henderson. I can't really disagree with that.
1: I think I think it's. I mean, it's a different type of thing to his lot but I do think that he he has the potential to be um, an England number one. I I don't think he's any better. I don't think he's been any worse than. Well, Pickford would be the keeper in possession at the moment, and I'm not sure that he's had a quite as good a season even as, as Henderson. So for me. That's it, and, and and it'd be interesting to see what happens when if he if he goes back to Man United or whatever. But I still think in the next few years you will see him in an England shirt. As much as I, I lot has always got a sort of one of those players that in the when I was watching when you watch football sort of nineties two thousands, he's one of those players that just spring to mind. I still think Henderson's a better goalkeeper. I'm going to stick with my guns, and I think Henderson's the best keeper out of those two.
2: I'd agree with you. I, th- I think there's actually yeah, I think there's a strong case for him to be England's number one at the minute. I don't think. As good as Tom Pope's been, he's not as good with the ball at his feet. And obviously, you look at it in Southgate, wants to play with a keeper who's got good distribution. I'd say he's a better safer for option than Jordan Pickford right now as well. So we will go with Dean Henderson. Okay, who have you got at full-back, Maylen.
0: My 2 fullbacks are Tony Hibbert at right-back. And against my better judgment, but I was struggling at left-backs and Liam Ridgewell. Tony Hibbert's the one I'm more confident in. Liam Ridgewell did more of a job than potentially is remembered as part of some very decent Villa teams, as well as having a decent enough career at the Albion. And I think it was that... I think this one's a struggle because, similar to the left wing position, anyone who looks even remotely good has normally had an opportunity to play at least one or two games for England to show. So, say, my immediate thoughts were Nicky Shorey and Paul Concheski, both of whom have been capped. And then, as I say, Wayne Bridge late and Baines, Ashley Cole, you know, like... Fullbacks in particular, they tend to get a shot. And then Tony Hibbert. How Tony Hibbert had the career he had and never played for England is absolutely beyond me. When Glenn Johnson is one of our most capped backs of all time. So, yeah, Tony Hibbert and Liam Ridgewell in my, uh, my entries at right and left back. I don't mind being outvoted on Ridgewell. Hibbert, I'll fight anybody
2: over. <laughs> Tony Hibbert sounds like a hill that you're willing to die on, I think, so...
0: I mean, after the roaring success of Jimmy Walker and Liam Ridgewell, I've got to pick my battles. So,
1: Who are you going for, James? There might be a stewards' inquiry on on my first one because this is a player who was called up to the England squad this year and had it not been for injury, probably wouldn't be able to make this list. So I've gone for actually the two full-backs that are at Man United at the moment. So Aaron Wan-Bissaka at right-back and Brandon Williams at left-back. I think they're both excellent players. Um, And Wan-Bissaka he's going to be one of these players I fear that with the players that are currently in front of him, particularly Alexander Arnold, possibly Trippier still, he, he could be in a few years time, one of the type of players who, I mean, he's one injury away from being, well, he's one injury away from being a Tony Hibbert. I'm not quite sure if that's the right, the right way of putting it, but he's, um, he's a player who I think should probably have, he will end up with fewer England caps than he perhaps should have. Um, and Williams just looks like a good young player to me. I think he's, he looks a good left back. And if you think about, to me, he looks as as, as decent a player as Luke Shaw does and, and Shaw has England caps, so so why not? So that he's bear my two. The two current Man United players, wan and Brandon Williams.
2: Cannot argue with that. I mean, I, I would love to say that I've opted for players with great potential as well, but I have also gone for Tony Hibbert right now. Oh.
1: oh, no. <laughs>
2: is awful. I feel like if I, yeah, I feel like a world in which we're voting for Tony Hibbert ahead of Aaron Wan-Bissaka is the world that we shouldn't really be living in. I also saying Tony Hibbert, he did have over two hundred and fifty appearances in the Premier League, and I don't know if you guys knew this, but he never scored a goal in his professional career.
1: That's an amazing stat.
2: It, it, it is a good stat. But I don't know if you saw this. Have you ever seen? I don't know what you would have done, but have you ever seen footage of his testimonial match against A.E.K. Athens?
0: Dropping on this
1: out that afternoon.
2: <laughs> he scored, uh, what can we be described as the world's shittest ever free kick I've seen. He basically rolled the ball to midfielder, then went to hit it. Looked like he was trying to lift it over the wall, scuffed it under the wall. It went straight into the keeper's body, and in. It was a bit like, you know, if you have to go in goal against like an eight year old, it was a bit like that. It kind of just looked like the keeper let it in. So I think they're already 3 1 down. There are only oh, yeah, a- 10 minutes left. Uh, it's Tony on my right back, left back. Who I've gone for, I mean, it won't surprise you, but he's the former Villa player. Uh, it's Alan Wright. He was one of the first players that I remember at Villa. He's only five foot four, so he's pretty noticeable. I mean, they just used to most teams just used to stick a big target man up onto our left back and just lump balls up to him. But Alan Wright always seemed to be able to cope. He played over three hundred times in the Premier League as well. Uh, he was in a side that was, you know, normally. Towards the middle of the table, sometimes the top half as well. So he was fairly consistent, um, and he was the Brandon Williams of the late nineteen nineties, apparently. So, no, I think we'll. Uh, who do we think? I think I can't. Well, it has to be
1: Hibbert, doesn't it? I, I mean, mean we
2: want Tony Hibbert in there? Yeah, can we go with Hibbert?
1: We can. We can throw a Tony Hibbert in there. We'll stick one bissaka on the bench. He's not going to be happy, is he, Aaron? He's not. But I, I he, he's got to, you know, sit behind the experienced players. I mean. You both went for him, so he he has to he has to go in there.
2: Okay, well, I think I think on that basis, then I having having witnessed what Liam Ridgewell has to offer for many years, I think I'm going to have to go Brandon Williams at left back.
1: Hey, I'm going Alan Wright. I would have gone Alan Wright as well, actually. You reckon?
0: I don't think Brandon Williams is there yet. I think we've picked him because we couldn't find anybody else. If I'm not, not that it's a bad shout. I think he's a good. No, guy. really. <laughs> That's true. Is that not
2: the selection criteria?
1: <laughs>
0: My point being that if we were picking this on, if I asked you to name prominent England left-backs or even good England left-backs of the last 20 years, Brandon Williams would not be a mind that would jump out, out name that would jump into any of your minds. Whereas if I asked you to name good left-backs, obviously it's by virtue of watching the Villa, but Alan Wright has got a better chance of having come up. I think that Brandon Williams really is he's obviously on the right path, but... Might have gone Alan Wright.
1: This it... might also be the only time that that this might only be the time the only time that anybody ever compares those two players might be the only other time it's goes Are we sticking Alan Wright or Brandon Williams in a in a <laughs> best eleven? Um, but it is interesting. I mean, it is it's why I've kind of gone for picks that I'm uh, playing at the minute because I do think that there is. I think when we, we put the side together, hopefully we'll have a nice hybrid blend of, of players who haven't yet made it into the England squad, probably should have done or, or are likely to with these players who just haven't ever had an England cap and, and whether they should have done or not, is may be debated. But actually, when you look at their careers over a long period of time, they've done it consistently in the Premier League and, and then you look back and think, well, why didn't they get a, a cap? So, let's, let's go for, um, well, I, I, I'm happy with Alan Wright as well, actually.
2: Okay, let's go Alan Wright and Tony Hibbert then. I've got a feeling they're going to get done for pace out wide. Um, if it's Alan Wright and Tony Hibbert currently, but we'll we'll, we'll allow it. Uh, who are we going for as our centre backs in our best England eleven without a cap?
1: Um, so the two two clubs that strike me as sort of synonymous with having lots of players who are decent but never quite make it to England squad would be Burnley and Wolves. So I've gone for. Um, the two centre halves that I think are the best two players at those clubs at the moment, and I've gone with Ben Mee and Connor Cody, who are two players that I think are excellent centre halves. Neither of whom have England caps. They're both older than I thought as well. So Ben Mee, I think, is near thirty odd, possibly. Yeah, I think he's thirty. Connor Cody's in his late twenties. Both have been at big clubs, dropped down, both feature heavily for their for their teams, and and. Particularly, particularly Cody, I've not really heard him talked about at all as, as kind of being somebody who might make the England team. But, but I just thought in this, in this particular team, if there are, is nobody from Burnley and nobody from Wolves, that would be wrong. So I've gone with me and Cody.
2: That's a, I think that's a great shot. I mean, Cody, it seemed like his chance had gone when he left Liverpool. Because I remember having quite a big reputation in the academy there and then disappearing down the leagues and coming back up for Sheffield United and then going to Wolves. Weirdly, I don't know whether we've just hit some alternate dimension where my ridiculous team has crossed over with your team of high potential youngsters, but I have also gone for Ben Mee. Uh very good. Ben Mee. I mean he's captain of Burnley, he's played in Europe, he's made over three hundred appearances for them. He's been, I would say I don't know whether you guys can think of anyone else, but to me, he's probably been the most consistent, ever-present player in Burnley's Premier League stability, really. Uh, So I went for Ben Mee. And then the other one, who I was genuinely really shocked at, and although I haven't seen him play a lot, you know, he watched all these highlights, and I can't believe he never played for England, was Steve Bruce. Uh, You know, three Premier League titles, three FA Cups. He was named in the Premier League team of the decade for the first 10 years as well, so... Yeah, I'm going Steve Bruce. and Well,
1: I, he broke my rule of not having played at the moment, but I did want him as the manager of this team on the count of having never played for England and also um, never had or probably never likely to manage England either. So he would, that, was, that was my caveat because I, I definitely wanted to get him in somehow, but then it broke this sort of rule that I imposed on myself for some unknown reasons for this team. So yeah, I would, I would have had him as the manager.
2: I feel like this would be a very different, very different episode if we had to pick what we think Steve Bruce's England eleven would be.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, if that's the case, Ahmad al he would somehow end up at right-back. <laughs> 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 um, right. In what I'm sure will be the only occurrence of this, I've also gone for Ben May. And as Dan has already kind of alluded to and worked out where this might be going, the other choice I have is Scott Dam. <laughs> and before that gets thrown down the same drain as Jimmy Walker. I will point out that Scott Dan during his first oh you know, obviously with Warsaw, he was an absolute Titan, scored one of the best goals I've ever seen live. Doesn't matter, it was against Rochdale, and League Two, so who gives a shit? But it's um, but not only was he like, fantastic for us, he went to Birmingham and was a key part, kind of he was a mainstay in that team, that Birmingham team that did quite well sort of at the end of the noughties. I've read an article about him since where somebody just said that he and Roger Johnson are the only two dead certainties in their team of the season for 2009-10, which, I mean, if, if you're being compared alongside Roger Johnson, you're obviously doing something wrong. The man has also gone on to play 150 times for Crystal Palace in the Premier League. He's been as consistent a performer at every team he's gone to, as you could hope to find, and I think certainly in a... In an England era where we've been trialling different partnerships and you sticking somebody like a Phil Jones in there who apparently, if a ball is more than four inches sort of off the ground, he would try and clear it with his face regardless. How Scott Dan has never managed to pick up an England cap when the likes of Ryan Shawcross and, I mean, I will say it, Phil Jones have done is a bit beyond me because I think that had he played for a a more appealing team, that wouldn't be the case. I think he would have been given a fair crack at it. What would have probably been a very solid 7 out of 10 England performance just over and over and over again. You, don't, you know, he just did the basics very well and continues to for Crystal Palace and still in the team alongside Gary Cahill. and even though they've brought in like Mamadou Sacco, he's still in and around that first team at 33-34. I, I think he's a big influential centre-half and as I say, the Warsaw connection is a nice bonus but I do think that this one may be just a slightly more sensible shout.
1: Yeah, that's a very good cut. I mean, I, I... I was all set to put Lewis Dunk in my team on account of the same reason. And he actually does have an England cap. So if, if he has one, and I, I know that when I, when I read the, um, the Wikipedia article, that said that he did. Um, he said that he replaced James Tarkovsky in the England squad. So he was his replacement. And he sort of thought, well, if, if those kind of players can, then Scott you know, maybe should have had one at some point in his, in his career as, as well as me and the others. That's a very good shower, I think.
2: I just can't believe you kept a straight face when you said slightly more sensible than Jimmy Walker. <laughs> but I mean, it's not, it's, it's a good shot. I mean, I, I must admit, Scott Dan was one of the ones that I looked at before settling on Ben Mee. I couldn't, I couldn't not go for Steve Bruce. It just seems like a bit of a travesty the yeah. never running recap and I didn't even realise it. But who do we think? Of? So obviously Ben Mee, we've got to have in based on everything that we've just said. Who are we going for alongside Ben Mee?
0: I think the best player of the three is probably Steve Bruce. Mm. Across area.
1: Yeah, I think so. I can't believe he never had an England cap. seems yeah, very God. strange that. It is very
2: strange. It is very strange. I think it's said that he was asked. I think he may have been called up or they'd attempted to call up after he'd come out of. Sorry, after he retired from his non-existent international career. Um, I think when he was about 33, 34. But I think he turned it down in the end, which, you know, you can kind of understand why when you've been overlooked as often as it sounds like he was. So, yeah. Okay. So, we'll go Ben, me, Steve Bruce. Are we happy? Yep. Brilliant. All right. On to the wingers. Who have we picked on our wings, mailing?
0: You're not going to like this. and this is. I'm going into this with dread already. So, on the right wing is Jermaine Pennant. Solid as you like. Oh, that's a good shout. Oh, so on the left wing, I was torn between two, but looking for an out and out left winger that, again, if you were to speak to fans of the clubs he played for, genuinely was good and would fill that difficult position at left wing. I've gone for Gary McSheffrey. <laughs> that's exactly the reaction I was expecting.
2: Can you can just say that a little bit louder directly into the microphone, please.
0: <laughs> Gary McSheffrey changed games when he came on. He was superb for Coventry. He did it for the Blues. Did it for Norwich. Name me, and I'm sure you're going to try to. What
2: has just happened? Like, Why go? Because
0: the guy, along the same lines as sort of a... He was along the same lines as sort of a James McFadden and Jay Rodriguez and players like that. He created chances. He was exciting for what? He scored goals. And when you're struggling to find left-wingers, certainly is this country was in that era. When Stuart Stuart Downing playing walking football was getting in the England team consistently, Gary McSheffrey was electric and he'd taken people on. He had a hammer of a left foot. He was fantastic. So many different teams and never got... The fact that he is a laughable name shows you how underrated he was. And like I said, he did it for the Blues in a very good Blues Premier League team. He did it for Coventry in a very good Coventry Premier League team that admittedly both of those ended up getting relegated. But that's not Gary McSheffy's fault. But I just think, as I say, kind of, he was a goal scorer and he was, a, he was an attacking left winger that got you off the edge of your seat. Admittedly, normally because you'd fallen asleep watching him. But you, <laughs> you're off it one way or another. But on the right wing, we'll focus on the right wing, Jermaine Pennant should have played for England. So that one on. I'm quite happy with, short of the, you know, the the off-field trouble and the and the questionable decisions. But for football inability, how Jermaine Pennant never got in that England side once is beyond me.
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't think I can disagree with Jermaine Pennant. <laughs> I think Gary McSheffrey. I mean, I, I, I'll be very honest. I felt like once once you picked this topic, I knew which way it would go. I think I thought James would pick sensible options. <laughs> you would pick- players who debatably could have got anything inside and I was setting quite a low bar in my head but you he just limboed underneath it with Gary Sheffery do your research <laughs> you tell me what you think okay
1: James please tell us who our wingers are actually going well field. I mean I've kind of gone for being this being a kind of Modern day side. My formation, although it technically is 4-4-2, I've gone with kind of one holding midfielder and then three midfielders who sort of play further forward and can can interchange about. So I'll let you go next, and then I'll give you my whole midfield before you do your central midfielders.
2: Okay, this is not going to be good. This is not going to end well. Uh, So I've actually had to shoehorn someone in on my left wing um, because I couldn't think of a decent left winger who hadn't had an England cap, and I was I was racking my brain trying to think of one and like Gary McSheffrey popped in and then went straight out. <laughs> um, but on the right wing, one that I am actually quite confident with, I think, um, and someone who I saw a lot of at Villa as well, uh, is Mark Albrighton. Premier League winner, played in Europe. Not just a Premier League winner as well, you know, pretty much an ever-present in that side for Leicester in the year they won the league. I think he, he definitely made over 30 appearances. I think it was like 34, 35, something like that. So... Very underrated player. I don't know. I think the reason that he's underrated is he always used to get slated at Villa because he just used to get to the byline and knock balls in the box. Like, he wasn't one of these wingers who was going to try and cut inside. He wasn't someone who was necessarily going to try and hold the ball up. Uh, he just beat his man, get across in, go back, cover his right back, get the ball again, go to the byline, cross it in again, do the same. I think he was just a very old-fashioned player, not a player that you necessarily see a lot of now. I think he was a bit of an unspoken hero in that Leicester team that won the league. But, you know, you can't argue with his credentials. Won the Premier League, played in Europe for Leicester as well. And I've forgotten how many times he's played in the Premier League, but must be in excess of kind of 200 times now. I would have said. Uh, so I'll go with Michael on the right wing. And then the left mid, I mean, this guy is not going to make it in. It was kind of just not... I didn't feel like he was good enough to get in in the centre. Uh But I loved him when he played, and that was going to be Jimmy Bullard. I kind of saw him playing on the left wing, not really having that much pace, and then maybe cutting in. But it was was a bit of a shoehorn, really. But he was called up by Fabio Capello in 2008, which I thought was really late in his career, actually. Certainly after some of his injury problems started. Um, And I think he sat on the bench for two friendlies. So, yeah, Jimmy Bullard never played for England. So he's going to be my um, makeshift left midfielder. And then Mark Albrighton's going to be my right midfielder.
0: Can I make a point that by virtue of neither of you actually being able to name an actual left winger, there is still a very valid argument. Because so I've just gone back over my research for this because I feel like you've written him off based on name and memory only. Gary McSheffrey played more than 500 career games, most of which were in the Premier League or Championship. The man scored 124 career goals.
2: 72 of those were in the Premier League and Championship. Can you just tell me that season where he played for Blues in the Premier League, where did they finish? I'll tell you where they finished. They finished 19th. Yeah. It's not Gary McSheffrey's fault, is it? <laughs> I think he played most games. Okay, all right.
1: Can, I, I, can I try and bring some uh, uh, semblance of sanity to this thing? I think... about that... Jimmy Bullard and Gary McSheffrey. So, my, I, I need to give you my whole midfield because I feel like the three that I won and sort of the attacking sides are so left, right and middle and I've got one holding. So I'll do the central midfielders first. So in sort of sitting, holding, I want Mark Noble in there. Um, he's with four hundred odd appearances for West Ham. Never played for England. Um, played in the Premier League a lot. You know, it's more or less. I mean, I think he would have played for West Ham a bit in the Championship, possibly. But um, Premier League style, what never had an England cap. And then in front of them, and I'll kind of go right, left, centre. Sorry, right, centre, left. But I think they could move about. I want Jack Grealish, Todd Cantwell, and Harvey Barnes. I think they are three of the most exciting players in the Premier League, so I'd probably have Barnes on the left, Cantwell in the middle, and Grealish on the right. But yeah, those are the th- that would so that would be my midfield. I have kind of Noble sitting, and then I have Grealish, Cantwell, and Barnes in front.
2: I yeah, I uh, I've got Mark Noble as well. Like I said, I think nearly 400 appearances in the Premier League. I definitely have 400 appearances for West Ham um, without call-up for a guy who. But he's never he never seems to be injured he never really seems to miss any great deal of time for West Ham either i think had they not had mark noble on the side i think they'd have been in trouble a lot earlier than they actually have been this season so i went mark noble i kind of had a, a again a centre midfield three so two sitting and then one advance. so i had mark noble and i also had kevin nolan again i didn't realize that he uh that he didn't have an england cap i think he had I was looking at an article and at the time he had the record number of Premier League appearances without an England cap, which was 375, which is ridiculous. Same as, same as Noble, really. And just someone, whenever i watched Villa against, you know, West Ham with Noble and then West Ham with Kevin Nolan, um, <laughs> Newcastle, Bolton, like, we just didn't seem to like playing against him. So I went for um, those two sitting and then I did half to go with Jack Grealish
1: and attack. him. I would say surely as a Villa fan you had to get Grealish in
2: there yeah I th- Campbell and Barnes are, are great shots I just think it's more the Grealish seems to be knocking on the door for a while and not got one yet was yeah. my logic behind it anyway
0: how have, um, how have Villa done those two Premier League seasons the Grealish <laughs> just been for them
2: touché have they perceived that more hot are you comparing him to Gary McSheffery
0: I'm suggesting that you can't rule out Gary McSheffrey by the same reason that you then want to include Jack Grealish.
2: Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Kevin go ahead. Nolan and
0: Mark Noble as my central midfielders. Are they actually? Yeah. And I crossed out Bullard before Kevin Nolan. But yeah, Kevin, how Kevin Nolan in particular. But Mark Noble has been captain of West Ham for how many years? Fights. Led them through everything, takes all the penalties, scores a ton of goals, does a great job. Like how how Martin Noble and Kevin Nolan haven't got England caps is utterly beyond me. I
2: mean, we're going to have to decide on the formation here, really, aren't we? Before we go with anything, could we could
1: we not go? Could we not go four four two? Seems harsh on Pennant, but if we went four four two, could we not have that's, Noble and Nolan in the middle and put Grealish on the right and then have? a debate about the left side between Barnes, Bullard and McSheffrey. But
0: we suggesting <laughs> an argument to be made against anyone other than that?
1: <laughs> if, you want those two, if you want those two in the middle, unless you're going to sacrifice a striker like Dan's done, you've got to get rid of one, haven't you? Maybe keep Green in reserve
0: and see what the striking options are. Okay. One strike and I would imagine we probably all have the same one if I'm being perfectly honest.
2: But no, not okay. Can we not entertain this Gary McSheffrey talk anymore?
0: Are you genuinely ruling them out with no research? I will actually I'll say that if it comes down to a vote, I'll put Harvey Barnes in over Gary McSheffrey. I'm not putting central midfielder Jimmy Bullard on the
1: left wing instead of Gary McSheffrey, and I'm certainly not putting Jack Greenish in there. Can I campaign for Barnes then? Because I think I, I genuinely think it's not just because he's my shout. I do I do actually think of the left wingers we've talked about: Bullard, McSheffrey, and Barnes. I think Barnes is the best player. Okay,
2: if, if we give you, I mean, that's a bold statement, but let's let's go with it. <coughs> I think if if we give you Jermaine Pennant, can we please have Harvey Barnes on the
1: left?
0: I was going to vote for Harvey Barnes over Gary McSheffrey when this came down to it. So yes, absolutely.
1: Okay, we'll put McSheffrey on the bench. He can be a sort of. You know, seventy fifth minute, your two nil down option.
0: At which point you score a hat trick, as he did on his debut for the Blues against Preston.
2: So, have you actually got what you wanted? Is that exactly what you wanted?
0: I've got a great life, mate. I'm quite happy to be honest. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, so we'll go with Jermaine Pennant, Harvey Barnes. <laughs> who are we picking as our two centre midfielders? A Noble.
1: And we... Noble has to go in there, and I like Nolan as well. Actually, I think if you if you want two of that type of midfield, they're the only two I think that that make the cut. I don't. You could have Bullard in there, but I think Nolan and Noble are better. Premier League Star Wars that never had England caps, so for me, they're they're the two. And then we'll have a debate about Grealish when we talk about strikers.
2: Well, thank God that's over, because that was really traumatic, to be honest, (laughs) trying to reshuffle that around. All right, who are we going for on strikers then? Talk me through it. Let's go. We'll go Maryland first. Go on. Do you want them both? Uh, Yes, please.
0: So one that I think will be universal is Kevin Campbell. So obviously Arsenal, Everton, bit in Not Forest, but primarily I remember him at Everton and Arsenal. But Kevin Campbell was prolific and I think I read somewhere that he's the highest Premier League goal scorer not to win an England cap. Because he's got some stupid like seventy, eighty goals, something like that. And yeah, never managed to get into an England team, which was set up to play a certain way, so I do understand it kind of where it was Heskey and Owen or Crouch and Defoe and then Got a shoehorn Wayne Rooney in there somewhere, especially at the end of the '90s as well, where you picking out like Cole, Sheringham, Shearer. Like, I get it to a point, but how Kevin Campbell didn't manage to get on for half an hour of one friendly after scoring 80 goals in the Premier League for the likes of Arsenal, and Everton is, you know, is madness to me. So Kevin Campbell, and then um, Troy Deeney. I think you're never going to find a more hard-working sort of bulldog sort of character, and. He's an absolute nightmare to play against. He comes up with some big goals for Watford. He's an actual leader. Again, I think that he's somebody that would have improved certainly a dressing room, even if, you know, not even getting on the pitch, but certainly they've improved an England setup and an England camp and an England environment. So, Troy Dean, he's done it at the top level and he's a cult hero at Watford. He's been captain for however long, kept him in the Premier League, scored some huge goals, seen off competition from tens of millions of pounds spent on other players. And he kind of stays and his value. So, yeah, Troy Deeney and Kevin Campbell will be my front two.
2: I mean, I feel like Troy is more remembered for his time at Hal's own Town in the Conference North. But I'm pretty sure I've told you each of that story about... I think it's in double figures now, so I won't bore you with that. Yeah. Do you remember who he was on
0: loan from?
1: Yeah, I remember he was on
2: loan from Warsaw. Yeah, of course I do. Thank God for that. I feel like you might get your Warsaw player in here anyway. But... um. Anyway, I feel like Kevin Campbell's about to be steamrolled by Mason Greenwood. So, <laughs> so James, please, Kevin Campbell out of his misery.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I should have picked Amy. That's a much better... Yeah, so I did pick Greenwood. Um, <laughs> for, for me, he is the best young player in the Premier League at the moment. Um, I think he's he looks a sensational talent. And I think, again... Had it not been for coronavirus, I think he would have been. There's always one, isn't there? There's always one or two players every year. Let's imagine a summer in which Euro the Euros would have happened, um, and the Premier League season played out its normal end of season. And Green would have been showing the form that he's showing now in, say, March. I genuinely think he would have been in the England squad for the Euros. I think he's that good. Um, so, so he he gets in for me. And then I desperately wanted to find. I mean, it's, it's probably not as left field. It might be as left field as Gary McSheffrey. Who knows? But but the I wanted to find a player who didn't play in the Premier League. We've always talked about Premier League players in this setup, and my logic for this is because I think there are a lot of Premier League players who get England caps and don't quite deserve them on the basis that they just play in the Premier League and happen to have a good you know thing. So I've delved into the Championship for a striker um, who isn't better than Troy Deeney. I'm going to be honest now, but I'm going to I'm going to stick a very left, a left field name, and I'm going to say Ollie Watkins. Um, who is Brentford's top goal this year, 24 goals in the championship. Um, I think he's a better player than a lot of other strikers. Um, so he, he gets in for me um, as a kind of left field one. It's a good shout.
2: Yeah, big fan of Ollie Watkins. Um, I think, I mean, you'd imagine that Brentford will keep hold of him even if they don't come up this season. Because I think he, he seems to buy into the project they've got there and I don't think he had a particularly prolific first season for them when he signed from Exeter. No. But he's definitely on the way up. So I think um, it's not out of the question that he'll get an England cap within the next couple of years, I think. So yeah. I've got to admit, Mason Greenwood, I I agree with you. I think he's the best young uh, player in the Premier League. I, I actually think he's a better player than Marcus Rashford is already as well. I, I'm genuinely buying into that that much. I haven't seen anyone who strikes the ball as cleanly as him. I don't think ever. I don't know if you've seen any of his goals that he scored this season, or just then back to back. But they were showing them before the Villa game, and then obviously he scored for Man United against Villa, and he just seems to find the sweet spot of the ball every time he connects. Yeah. With um, it's just frightening, actually, the sort of ability he's got. Okay, I I'm just going to call it now. I don't think mine comes anywhere near these. Uh, I went for one who I remember really liking actually when he was in the Championship for Blackburn. And he managed to get Blackburn promoted. I've forgotten who was manager there at the time. Uh, He got them promoted for the championship and then he only had one season where he was fully fit in the Premier League. Uh, He scored 10 goals in 35 games. They're not that prolific, but they did also win the League Cup uh, that year as well. And that's Matt Janssen. So Matt Janssen uh, was called up by sven goran Eriksson for a friendly at Paraguay in 2002, just before the World Cup. He was actually, before he... I think he signed for Crystal Palace in the Premier League and then went to Blackburn. Uh, But he turned down the opportunity to play for Manchester United. That was something that Alex Ferguson said that he actually did as well. Uh, And then after his first season at Blackburn and after his first call-up, but not an appearance for uh, England, he had some kind of horrific motorbike accident and never really returned as the same player. So I think he just kind of fell away and and fell down the leagues after that. Uh, But in his season in the Championship, he was the second top goal scorer in the league only behind Louis Sahara at Fulham and I mean we all know Louis Sahar was a very, very good Premier League striker. So um yeah, he would be my pick. But I think I think my opinion is probably Mason Green uh, Mason Greenwood and Troy Deaney would be my two forwards. I don't know what you guys think. I do like that as a as a front two. That works quite nicely, doesn't it? That's two
0: very, very good forwards. So I'd be happy with that.
1: And I'm um, very happy with that. I think the only my only reservation with it is that that does mean that we leave Grealish out, and he stays in this parallel universe where we went had the England selectors as being one of these players never to still get an England cap, even in a team of players who haven't had an England cap. But if that's what we're saying, I mean, I don't think you can argue with with any of. I don't think you can argue with Greenwood, and I don't think you can argue with Troy Deeney. Um, I, it's a great shout. So. I'd be very happy with, with those two. They're quite a good partnership as well, Dean and Greenwood. I think.
2: Yeah. I think they would. I think they Pennant would.
1: on the right and Barnes on the left. I will see you starting to put some together here, aren't we?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think Pennant. I don't think Barnes is in Mailand's eleven, but we'll we'll go with it. <laughs> okay. So do Do you want to hear the team? So what we let's have the start? team. Let's have it. In goal, number one, Dean Henderson. Your full-backs that we've picked are Tony Hibbert and Alan Wright Centre halves are Ben Mee and Steve Bruce Centre mids Mark Noble and Kevin Nolan this is getting very Brexity Uh, wingers Harvey Barnes and Jermaine Pennant and then our strikers are Mason Greenwood and Troy Deeney and I think actually we're going to make Steve Bruce the honorary player manager although not at his current age or in his current state of fitness yeah. Um, I think that's a good uncapped England 11 we've done quite well there are there any concerns do you think we think we've got any weak spots in the team a bit like on pace in the middle
1: aren't we so
0: I think we're a bit well yeah but then isn't everyone
1: and at full back but then individually you can't argue and I don't even think it's a bad team so yeah no I'm happy okay not a bad team at
2: all can we just go back to what Martin said <laughs> when when you're lacking pace in the middle and you referred, you said, isn't everyone? What did you mean?
1: I just—you
0: can't know that against people, Do you know. Yeah.
1: Job really isn't
2: it? <laughs> we will move on from that. Okay, I think that's a really good team actually. I yeah. was really—I find it really hard.
0: Yeah. Oh, I did too. If you couldn't tell.
2: <laughs> yeah, I—I I think you're right. Actually, I think it does seem to be fullbacks and strikers. There seem to be a lot of very average players who've got caps. Not so much centre halves. Not so much centre midfielders, actually, either.
0: You think about some of England's elite players over the last sort of, however many million dropables, you do instantly go to Terry, Fernand, Scholes, Gerard, Lampard, Rooney for a time. The gaps in the team to be filled weren't in the spine, were they ever,
2: really? It's true.
1: No, I would agree with that. I also think that um just generally, I mean with strikers there's always every year or two there's always a player who comes and scores loads of goals for one season and gets the inevitable England cap um but again, you don't really get that with center backs and and central midfielders and you know like you said you think of some of the players that England had in those positions through the sort of time period that We've, we've. I mean, what time period have we done? We've kind of. I suppose if you take Bruce was playing what in the nineties, and we've gone through to somebody like Greenwood. I mean, in a thirty-year period, I mean, there are players who will have played for England for certainly ten years, or, or you know, probably slightly longer. And, and, um, you know, you think about somebody like Bruce, how did it never get an England cap? Then I suppose if you think about the central defenders that would have been ahead of him at the time, it's probably. More realistic, and you know a lot of good players in that position in a way that I don't know. I think fullbacks and wingers kind of tend to maybe we're just lacking talent. And like you said earlier, Mel, you know the 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 left wing problem that that England had for years and years and years, it never led them to Gary McSheffrey, but it's led you there. Um, the the, the you know the finding these players, you know left-footed players who could play on, on that side for it seemed like an age through that. You know all those great players that we had, and they tried to find them and never quite got there, did they? It
2: seems like the players that we've picked who've never been captain have been knocking around for a while, aren't necessarily the most fashionable footballers, you know particularly our central midfielder is quite I suppose it would be defined as quite agricultural but that's not saying so say that Kevin Nolan wasn't you know, he was playing attacking midfield at one point and what average yeah. he got four games in the Premier League, four or five games so fairly decent attacking midfielder, but um, out of interest, where do we think that team would come in the Premier League now? If it wasn't an England eleven, if it was just the Premier League side, where would you?
0: Fourteenth.
1: <laughs> oh, I don't know. I think I think you'd be looking at top ten, particularly to the, the, the goal scorers we'd got. we having that team, plenty of goals, wouldn't you? Mm. Create a lot of chances.
2: I think it's a classic hit to the big lad team, isn't it? And then just have Mason Greenwood run off Troy Dino.
1: Yes. I and mean, we've got we've got, remember we've got Grealish and McSheffrey off the bench, so we've got options.
0: Yeah. I mentioned mention for Darren Hookerby as well. It would have forgotten about. Oh, yeah. Hookerby would have been a better
2: shout. I feel like we need a Darren Hookerby clax and that's the second appearance on the podcast. I was going
1: to say, he's... <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> he's clean enough. Uh, okay, do we fancy a game? Absolutely. Okay. In, uh, in typical fashion, I've tried to rename this in a way that's not going to get us sued. So this game I'm referring to as Lack of Points.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> you could have called Aston Villa.
2: Hey, hey, nice one! So, obviously, the aim of the game is simple. If you can hark back to a very well-known BBC show, uh, so what we'll do is uh, we'll be doing Premier League yellow cards for the nineteen twenty season. Okay. So it's very simple. If you name a player and they have received a yellow card this season, you will be allocated their number of yellow cards as points. If they haven't received a yellow card, you'll be allocated a default 20 points. So I'll ask you to think about it, and then I'll ask you to name three players each. We'll just do one at a time to preserve the, the tension that this podcast is known for and the lowest score wins. We need a better name for it, though.
1: I quite like it.
2: I was trying to think of something involving Lee Catamol, but I just came up with Lee Catamol's Wheel of Fortune and it just didn't go very well. So, lack of points. Footballers who've received yellow cards in the Premier League 1920 season. Give me your lowest first answer, please, James Tomkinson.
1: Um, Okay, so my first one I'm going to go for I think it's possibly the riskiest one, is Matty Longstaff at Newcastle.
2: Matty Longstaff has received one yellow card. So, James, you only score one point, which is pretty damn good, I think. Right, best of luck.
0: Yeah, what a shout that was.
2: Who are you giving us as your first player to have received a yellow card in the Premier League this season? Neil Mope. Do you know what I think it's really interesting? I think you've both given players who've received red cards. But I'm not sure how many yellow cards they've received. Neil Mope has received three yellow cards. So, Dan and you are on three points. Okay, I'm now going to... We're going to do this... In the in the modern penalty shootout format of A B B A, Daniel Mayden, can you give me your second player in terms of yellow cards for the nineteen twenty Premier League season? I okay. can. No, I need to take a risk now. Don't Trezeguet. So for Trezeguet, Dan Mayden, you scored two points. That's oh,
1: a good shout. Very Back good.
2: Back in the game. James, currently four points ahead. I know you can do basic little math better than I can, but, I can't <laughs> use that, but it's four points. Who would you like to give us as your second yellow card?
1: Pressure's game? on though, isn't it? Um, I am going to say Chris Wood. Mm, Chris Wood.
2: Sorry, can we just ignore the fact that I went, mm, Chris Wood? <laughs> 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 Chris Wood scores you one point, James Tomkinson
1: I see he had I'm i surprised at that, I was sort of a, meant to be a slightly safe
2: one would you like to play, I know we haven't said there are any lifelines, would you like to play the lifeline where I check how many appearances Chris Wood has made this season, just in case Ooh. I mean, it's not a lifeline, I'm just genuinely not sure how many times he's played
0: I feel like you've got almost an obligation to check in that,
2: goes.
1: Let's just have a quick look. What was our low cri- lowest criteria?
2: I said at least five. Oh, uh, okay. No, there's a chance he's played 29 times.
0: Yeah. So. <laughs> Not a I wouldn't have wasted a lifeline
1: on Chris Wood.
2: I'm genuinely really surprised by that, though. You think of the way that Burnley play. And...
1: Mm. I thought he might have had a few for elbows.
2: Yeah. Well I think you actually might I think that yellow card might have come against uh, Villa again. I was absolutely surprised by that. Okay. Uh so James you're currently on two points. Marion, you are on five. I'm gonna put some pressure on the man in front and say, James, can you give me your third answer please? <sighs>
1: um I am gonna go four. It right all falls down, isn't it? I'm going to go for James Ward-Prowse.
2: Is that your final answer? Yeah. James Ward-Prowse. James Ward-Prowse. Look, he's quite an inoffensive man, isn't he? I think that's a good champ. Okay. Dan what what would you be willing to guess for James Ward-Prowse? Three. Three. James, what are you going to guess?
1: I would have said four or five.
2: James Ward-Prowse has been yellow-carded eight times.
1: Oh, that's no. That. Really?
2: He's no no way. Potentially blown it. Yeah, James Boyd-Prowse actually leads the leads the team, leads Alhampton in yellow cards this season. Oh, my God. He's got three more than Pierre-Emile Hoibier. That's crazy. I would never have thought that.
1: No, neither would I. Ah, oh, that's done me then, hasn't it? I'm on 10 now. Potentially. Potentially. Oh, no. That makes it worse. I've got two other names written down and I almost certainly have left fewer than that. Damn.
0: Out of interest, what is the maximum score if somebody hasn't got a book in?
1: 20 points.
0: 20? Yeah. That fucks Michael Oberfemi right off then, doesn't it? Jesus.
2: All right. <laughs> <laughs> Todd Cantwell.
1: No build-up, just Todd Cantwell. Yeah, Todd Cantwell. Got to be less. It's got to be. W- what do you need? Is it five or under? Mm-hmm. Maths, yeah, five or under. Oh, it's got to be like we might have got a few for diving, though. Five to take it to a sudden death. I'd like that. I'd oh, f- <laughs> oh,
2: dear. Oh, dear. Todd Campwell has six yellow cards. Oh. <laughs>
0: He's on the left wing for Norwich.
2: <laughs> I know. I, I feel like I actually feel like these little floaty... because Greenish is the same. I think Greenish has been booked like eight times or something like that when I was looking earlier. So, how does it feel? How do you feel to have snatched defeat from the jaws of victory?
0: I mean, well done, Jay. Because I feel like those as free answers were were solid. I'm a little bit disappointed in James Ward Prowse, if I'm honest. So am I. Uh, yeah, no, I'm devastated. Probably wouldn't cover this.
1: Okay,
2: thank you both for playing, James. You are now three-one up in the Mailer versus James contest, which we will award a better name to, and we'll also get some kind of trophy for. I think for whenever the series ends, or we'll also possibly just keep going and for all eternity, and then that no one level win. But we'll see. It's a good metaphor for life.
1: <laughs>
2: it's <laughs> better than no one has any pace down the middle. <laughs>
1: Well, thank you very much. And thank you for having us on uh, lack of points.
2: <laughs> You're very welcome. Also known as Lee Catamore's Wheel of Fortune. <laughs>
0: I'm afraid that's all we've got time for on this week's Head in the Game. This is the Fans Football Podcast for football fans. And therefore, we want to hear from football fans. So if you go onto Facebook, you can find us at Head in the Game Pod. Or if you go onto Twitter, our handle is pod. If you think we've made the right choices, the wrong choices in our uncapped England eleven, or you just really enjoyed Lee Cattermore's Wheel of Fortune, we'd love to hear from you. Have a great week and we'll see you at the next episode.